Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. This week I'm joined by Suzanne Black, who's an artist, works and teaches around um, child sexual abuse and child sexual exploitation to social workers. She's a blogger and a researcher, and I would advise anybody at the end of this podcast to go and have a look at the links for her website. Um, the artwork that she does is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think that there might be a slight um, uh, element of Geiger in there that I, I kind of um, tapped into. That I, I quite like the the really d- the depth that you go to. Suzanne is amazing, um, so I'm going to suggest to people that they go and do that. Um, so just to get us started, why, why do you do what you do and um, do you want to just talk a little bit about yourself, Suzanne, before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty of this conversation? All right, um, I think I was, I was first introduced to um, pornography when I was six years old. Between the, the age of six and eight, um, I was groomed with pornography by one of my mother's boyfriends mm-hmm. who would take me into the toilet and he had a lot, a collection of porn magazines um, stuck behind the system and he would um, groom, with, groom me with that um, and this is to show evidence that this is what people do, this is what humans do mm-hmm. and although I, I didn't understand I was very distressed by it, um, and also when I was um, around eight or nine, there were boys, older boys, teenage boys, in the communal sheds where we lived, and they had pornography, and I was abusing those sheds also. And later on, a family member abused me who had a lot of porn, um, and also I, when I was eleven, I saw. One of my stepfathers, I, I looked through his stuff and found BCM porn, which really had an impact on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me. Um, and when I was 16 years old, I was abducted in London and um, by sex traffickers. Um, and they also, one of the first things they did was to put pornography on... Um, a TV, and um, it was some of the worst you could ever see. Mm. And they, and this is what they used to subordinate you, to install fear, yeah. and um, also to train you. Because what they did, they also forced me into pornography, to performing pornography, and prostitution, um, and you know, to train you what to do with clients, what clients like. Yeah. So, um, since, I mean, a few years down the line, um, I started to become obsessed with why. I couldn't, I couldn't work out how people can do that, how a person can do that to another person, the things that happened to me. Um, so, I kind of, it kind of became an obsession of, of trying to find out how and why people can do that to other people. Um, so, I just... I just researched and studied and and about all kinds of people, racist to um, sexually motivated 
murdered, murdered. Um, mm-hmm. and I've been doing that since. Um, yeah. So, and I'm not the only one, obviously, because I met online and in real life many other victims of these circumstances. So, I kind of think mm-hmm. there's something there. There's a connection between um, high use pornography uh, and um, sexual offending. So that's what I, I doubt into. Yeah, yeah, and and um, uh, one of the reasons that I I kind of spoke to you, uh, so I contacted you on Twitter to ask you to come and do um, this podcast, is because uh, a couple of the ones I've already done, a couple of the episodes have have focused on pornography, but it's been more from the perspective about how it affects your brain development, how it affects young children. Um, and with Holly Ann, I had a conversation about children who are who are accessing this material, and uh, and obviously my research area is about the impact of uh, these kinds of videos. So I'm I'm really really pleased that I've managed to get you onto to the podcast to actually have this conversation. So we're we're diving straight in. We're 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 already saying it's it's the link between pornography and uh, sex offending, but also about a, a link between maybe pornography and um, uh, the, the um, what's the word I want to use the kind of pa- we were talking about the patriarchy and the feminism uh, r- roots yeah. and so I thought what I would do um, is what's what's your opinion on uh, a lot of these subjects well I'm just actually um, on um, called pornography as propaganda um, because I mean most Pornography now, mainstream pornography is um, is literally the hatred of women, the humiliation, mm-hmm. degradation, abuse of women. It, it's such. What when you say pornography, a lot of people think of people having sex, but it's not yeah. sex. It it's misogyny at its worst. Mm-hmm. And and what better what the platform. Then mainstream pornography, and you know, I mean, I concentrate on on Pornhub because that is the most popular, yeah. and this is 64 million hits a day. And I've been the last few months, I've been I've been viewing this stuff. Now, pornography always triggered me in the past. But what I decided um, was that for decades, I mean, many feminists have been fighting pornography. And nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing has changed. In fact, it's just, it's just, you know, it, it's become more accessible, more acceptable, you know, in media everywhere. And of course, it's more um, accessible to children also. Um, and what I did, I decided that I have read, uh, you know, from from feminist back to the seventies about how how aggressive it is, how violent it is. And I thought to myself, all I'm doing here is I keep reading the same thing. I want to see, because seeing is believing, right? And I thought, when I first was, I was, I was absolutely right. That, 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 you know, what was on there was unbelievable. So what I decided was to actually screenshot many, many of these videos. I would have to watch them, and at first I was so quite distressed. Uh-huh. And I still am sometimes with some of the, the material that I see. Um, you think it would be on the dark web, but it's not. It, it, it is there, extreme. 
Yeah. Um, and what I decided to do was to watch a video and screenshot um, parts of it, and obviously I blur out genitalia and what have you, so so that other women in particular could actually see what is going on. Yeah. But then I make the connection with sex offending. For, for example, I did a post about um, how how Pornhub is um, inviting sexual offending and lots of it at the same time. So what you've got, you've got pornography, say, for example, on public transport in public areas. Yeah. You've actually got pornography of that. Then what you put up males that are incited by that pornography and they're making the like many sex events. So yeah. I, I, I am checking. Sorry, Suzanne, I, I seem to have lost you a little bit. Um, unfortunately, with us using Skype today, I said this might happen. Can you go back yeah. to um, pornography in public uh, transport or public places? I'm, I wasn't quite sure what you said. Sorry, okay. Um, what I did, I did, I did this out um, sexual offences, sexual offending um, in public areas on Tuesday, Elizabeth. Shops, um, and when I searched through Pornhub, I found many, many um, videos of um, scenarios, um, but professionally made ones. Um, but what I also found were videos of uh, by males who have gone out and made their own pornography of those very scenarios. Uploaded them onto Pornhub. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think I know. Yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about here. And there, that um, so I saw many of these videos. Funnily enough, that weren't actually on Pornhub. Were on social media of um, the assaults happening, where somebody might hold their phone underneath a lady's skirt, and um, I think there was a. Um, a, a, a leaning towards and people putting a bias saying it was only happening on um, public transport in China or Hong Kong or places like yeah. that but actually it's a phenomenon that, that occurs across all public transport. Yeah. Absolutely, it's global. It's made in Japan, in America, in the UK, all over Pornhub. But what I'm trying to say is that the, the videos, the pornographic videos, those scenarios are being are inciting real sex offenders to um, film and upload their own onto Pornhub. Now Pornhub is not monitored, it's not regulated, and any male can upload whatever they want. Yeah. You know, like YouTube, you just upload whatever they want, and it and it's not regulated or monitored. Um, but also I. Like I found this also in um, uh, domestic violence. There are actually, if you type into Pornhub domestic violence, it will come up. Domestic violence videos will yeah. come up. But you also find a lot of what they call amateur couples uh -huh. of home that, and I, I, I have watched these videos and I can, I can tell that many women are not happy with this. Um, you know, they, they are silent, they are being tossed around like a rag doll and they're not enjoying it and they're not participating. 
and I can see it's not it's not consensual. Mm. But they're uploaded at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like um the the covert filming, isn't it? When when um so obviously like you being a researcher, um sometimes the research actually involves um the, these websites, but also conversations with um younger people. So one of the reasons I'm covering this topic at the moment is because there's been um a number of young people, and we've had conversations. I think this came up on either Holly's or Gary's podcast, and we talked about um. The trend of gagging where where the male will force his penis down down the female's throat to the point that she actually starts to vomit and it's a conversation that's come up in therapy about well you know I thought this is what we were supposed to do I thought this was you know the way that uh, that was actually how oral sex took place and I've I've kind of had to sit with young men saying okay where did where did you learn this where did you see it where did you get this information from and why do you think that that's acceptable to the the woman you know or, or another man and it's it's just been interesting how the conversations in my therapy practice are changing based on Pornhub and many of the other easily accessible um, websites with all of the uh, escalation videos on there because you know we're not talking about um, vanilla um, a, a kind of uh, missionary position, gentle, loving, caring, uh, sexual intercourse. We're talking about that, as you're saying, the violent, misogynistic um, yeah. degradation of women and and men. Um, so I know that that happens on because they they have all of these categories, don't they? So you you can basically look for anything that you want. Well, I think the thing is, I mean, when porn have um, you, you know every year it gives that with that. And it says, you know, teen or, you know, um, milk and all the other things. But when you actually go on um, Pornhub and you and you go on to teen, what you get are other suggestions, um, such as brutal. What what they fail to mention is all the categories, uh, such as brutal, yeah. brutal gangbang teen. You know, um, like I say. Um, Gagging, anal, um, anal gangbang, and all, in, all that all includes or broken teens. There's a channel on there called Broken Teens, yeah. and I think it's about it's had about 78 million video views. So that's what Pornhub failed to say. And if you if you look, and they're easy to find. They're all over the place. It's not it's not some hidden thing. Mm. And I have had most abhorrent. Abusive videos. I, I just couldn't believe we're on mainstream pornography. I mean, there is there is torture, yes. actual yeah. torture of women, um, and I mean real lacerations and bleeding. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I found one where a woman was um, shot for 15 minutes using an automatic BB gun, and then a close-up of the wounds. And what happened was, like what happened with me, when I started watching, I was very triggered and I was very upset. Yeah, but after, yeah. after a while, I became desensitized to it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that's what happens. I mean, these children, they have, I mean, imagine the effects on their malleable minds when they're watching this stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and believing that it, it's still fine. I mean, when I was a child, was was pornography in magazines. It wasn't like this. Yeah. No way like this. Yeah. And there was never 
suggestion, no, like like throat, you know, I, don't, I wasn't going to swear then, but um, and anal and all those other acts, this things. I mean, you know, these acts were inv- invented by people like Max Hardcore, um, and it has become normalised mm-hmm. and accepted. Yeah. And these children and and adults. Adult males are desens- completely desensitized because you can't just keep watching vanilla pornography, yeah. as they like to call it, because they get bored and they want to say, and they're curious and they look on other stuff. And after time, well, we know they, they need a bigger hit because think, it's not yeah. doing it for them. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was actually something Gary and I started to talk about um, on on our podcast. And one of the things I was saying is, um, so in in my book, um, Cyber Trauma, I actually talk about when children first accidentally come across pornography, and that the age of that is actually, uh, oh, it's under ten. So the statistics yeah. are, it's it's approximately eight years of age for a boy to accidentally or purposefully come across pornography, and how frightening that might seem because. The noises that are made during sex are quite frightening. You know, people don't have sex and stay quiet. But then we're also looking at um, the brain seeks novelty. So the way that that happens is then you go looking for the next, um, the next kind of uh, curiosity. But also for for these children, if they are becoming desensitised, they're watching acts of women being strangled, women being thumped, women. And that's where their normative uh, sexual language and behaviour seems to be appearing. And that's the conversation that started to come into my therapy room. So I didn't, excuse me, I didn't used to talk to adolescents about sex in this particular way. And when I worked doing um, the relationships to sex education, the, the children of 13, 14 and 15 were using such foul language in terms of how they spoke about women that one of the one of the lessons I used to do was say, okay, so just imagine you were using this in front of your mum, and and quite often the lads would go, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, and I said, okay, so what what do you think the girls think about this language while we're in the room, and we'd have a we'd have a debate about it, um, and and yeah. the girls would say, oh yeah, it's really funny, and I said, okay, so if a boy said to you, can I, and used a really offensive term, would you be up for that, or would you laugh at him, or would you say, no way, Jose. And they said, well, I, I don't think so. So that there's there's a mix-up about language and what's okay, what, uh, and, and it comes under that guise of, in inverted commas, banter. Oh, I'm only kidding when I say that to her. I wouldn't really want to, you know, gag her and make her throw up. But actually, I might then put that on Facebook and let my friends know that it actually happened and 10 points for me or 20 likes or whatever it is. So that there's, there's something about how sex yeah. is now being... Uh, traded on social media for conversations and you know who who can do the the most bizarre or heinous act upon another person this is how normalized has become and to children we're not we're not, i mean not just to adults but to children um also um these acts have become so normalized now to me is like a sex offender about sex. Mm-hmm. Nobody isn't about sex. It's it's about now. It's about misogyny. Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah. I mean, like years ago, there was these these actors. No one even thought. And I mean, anal. Well, I call anal now. An anal play. 
these are these they've changed the language. It used to be, you know, to sodomize somebody. At yeah, one point, it was yeah. illegal. What I found in my research, for example, is many of them like to rape Emily because it is more humiliating and degrading to their victim. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, pornography and sex it's not—it's not about sex or, or desire. It's nothing about that. It's about misogyny and hatred. It's about degradation and humiliation and subordination of women. Um, and this, I was absolutely shocked when I looked. And that's why I'm, I'm, you know, screenshotting these actual videos to show women and society what is really going on. Yeah. Um, so when, when you go out... And so, I mean... Sorry. <laughs> when you go out showing these, these screenshots to women, what, what do you find happens, Suzanne? <coughs> I, well, when, when I first started doing it, I noticed that I had, I mean, now I have, I haven't been doing it that long, and I've had over a quarter of a million views, and a lot of discussions. I'm in a group, a group on on Facebook, and women are horrified. They, and some men, for the first time. I mean, when I used to talk about pornography, I would get sent porn. I would get told I'm, you know, anti-sex, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, a lot of trolling, a lot of, a lot of nastiness but now I'm finding that I'm getting more male men on board with it and saying how these men should be prosecuted which I agree uh, some of them should be um so I think and also I'm not getting as much trolling um you know like on this Facebook group before I would get there would be men and these are mainly young men because we would click on their um Facebook profile and they were very young you know under 20s late teens sending you know um pornography pictures of pornography to try and what they try and do is to shut you up you know yeah. um it's, it's, that yeah. has, that when when i posted the first blog and i, I posted a few that contain these screenshots they're not saying anything you know mm-hmm. um which which is interesting because i'm actually proving with evidence of what is happening, not just talking about it. It's not just text. It's it's images. It's actual evidence of what is happening in pornography. Um, but I mean, I mean, pornography is used um, as a facilitation tool um, in many ways. I mean, like as, as I explained in the beginning, um, to show to groom children with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to show this is what people do, um, and you know. Also, I mean, as in the case of children and teens in particular, you know, boys are using it in the same way to train, to groom girls. This is this is what everybody does, you know, and they're normalising it. And you know, um, it's it's evidence that this is what women want. This is what women do because obviously the women who are being even tortured are loving it. Mm. They want it, they're enjoying it, it's consensual. When in fact, I find when I've done some deep research, it's not actually consensual. And a lot of these women's, um, like safe words in the very heavy BDSM, for instance, their safe words were violated, you know. And a lot of these women also 
um, suffer um, with bipolar and um, complex PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you often get a lot, especially men, saying, well, it's consensual, it's adults and it's consensual, so shut up. But it's yeah. not. Yeah. They don't look further, you know, further into that. Why is this woman doing it? And it's 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 the same as prostitution because it is prostitution. It's yeah. just filled with prostitution. And many women, as we know from research and uh, well, my own personal experiences and others, um, that many women enter um, prostitution or pornography. They have mental health issues. Because when you have, when you've been abused as a child and raped for over a period of time, you have what what's called um, it's called complex PTSD, not just PTSD, which it often happens um, after one time event. Um, complex P PTSD happens after a long periods of abuse, mm -hmm. and I myself, I myself had it, and well, I do have it. And what happens, especially when you're a teenage girl? What you you don't because at the time when I when you were abused as a child, what you do is you detach yourself. Mm -hmm. You yeah. just, you don't want to be there. You don't want to feel that trauma, so you detach yourself in your mind. I mean, in my case, I would look at stains and patterns and and try and make faces out of them. So I wasn't there yeah. when it happened to me. So mentally. I detach myself, and everybody does that in their own way. Yeah. Um, so what happens, all these traumas for all these years, because I've also been a victim of other sexual assaults and rape and the sex trafficking. I mean, when I was sex trafficked, I never told anyone. I never mm -hmm. told anyone because I believed it was my fault. It was all my fault. Um, even the police, at the police station, uh, my stepfather took me, and he knew something had happened to me, but I, I told I. I didn't tell. Um, I said I just went on the modelling shoot. Um, mm -hmm. And the police officer asked me, um, and I said, nothing happened. And he looked down. I mean, this is a foyer full of, of people, the public, police officers, all males. And he said to me, well, you were a stupid little girl for going to London with a strange man then, weren't you? And, of course, that confirmed it for me. That was yeah. my fault. I got yeah. myself into that situation, and I internalized all that. Um, and what, But what happens, I'll get back to what happens when you're a teenage girl, like me, I began taking drugs at 13, alcohol, drugs, any kind of drugs, and I was very prom promiscuous, and, I would, and this is how I hurt myself. Now, what we do, in order to um, ward off the... Um, trauma, the past traumas, you don't want to feel them, you don't want to go back there. Mm -hmm. yeah. As long as you keep hurting yourself in whatever way you choose, um, then you have to keep dealing with that and you're not feeling it because, again, you keep detaching. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Uh, yes, I think what I will say for, for the listeners is, um, uh, so I don't want to go down the psycho bubble route, but actually you're, you're talking about what we call fragmentation and dissociation. And, it, and it's a way of protecting yourself. And I'm, I'm actually really pleased you're talking in the way that you are doing, Suzanne, because this makes it really clear for people who are going to be listening to this. This is the potential for these traumas, even just watching the pornography. These are the traumas mm. that can happen 
to young people and then this is what happens for them is they detach from the the empathy of witnessing somebody being abused in that way and it's it's the same it, it's it's the same method of trauma and what we do is we try to um, heal ourselves by dissociating fragmenting and then finding a way to fill the void which is usually drugs alcohol self-harm further further sexual behaviors um, so this is this is really really helpful for people really getting an insight into just what happens with trauma. Absolutely, and of course, um, if the majority of, I'm not saying all of them, but if the majority of these these women and teens, because don't forget, they get a lot of them enter at 18, 18, they're still teenagers. They're not women. They're not adults. They're still teens, and if they've been, if they've had these traumas, and so they're entering porn. Because, because as well as the traumas, you see yourself in the end as just a sexual object. You're a plaything, you're a sex object, and that's all you've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, so why not make money from it and rewards? Yeah. But although apart from that, there's quite often usually a pimp boyfriend in the background and, and many other things. But, but then what pornography does is portray these women, and a lot of pornographers know that they are victims. They know. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching a Max Hardcore interview where he actually says he wants real victims, you know, young, real victims, because he knows. He knows. They all know. I mean, on casting couches, they say, so what was your childhood like? You know, they know. They know. And and then they hurt these women, abuse these women, and these women are told to smile. I smiled. I smiled. I had to smile. I've had a gun to my head. Um, I've had a knife up in inside my rib cage. I've been raped. I was raped and beaten regular to keep a line and, and their control over me and power over me. And, and people have said to me, why didn't you escape? You know, I mean, all this victim blaming as well, that's that, that's the story. And you, no one understands fear, that absolute terror. Yeah. Um, and I was the greatest actress, you, yes. you know, yeah. as to be. Um, I know. I know. In pornography, and most pornography, they're not. You know, they're not sex trafficked, although some are. And you don't. That's another thing. You don't know the difference. No, not you, at all. You can't differentiate between uh, a woman who's consenting and a woman that's not consenting. So that's another issue. That um, but what pornography shows, which is very dangerous, is women they're enjoying. They're enjoying being gang raped or, you know, objects thrust into every hole and and um, um, yeah. throat, throat fucking, all the other horrific things that women do not want. But these young these boys are watching this every day, you know, many, many hundreds of videos, and what does that do to their mind? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and so, of course, yeah, are not those expectations of what should be sexually to men, you know. Yeah, and of course you've got you've also got mainstream uh, women Um, for example, Cosmo Cosmopolitan, they, uh, 
you know, it's all fun and sexy, and they they actually do articles like the best. I I was looking at one which is the uh, 19 of the best porn sites, and they included Kink.com, which is one of the most horrific BDSM websites. Uh, right. But it was all it was all fun and sexy. Yes. I, I, to be perfectly honest, I've heard a lot of these websites, um, so obviously we're not going to go through the top site because we don't want the listeners to go off looking and so on, but it's really interesting that um, the conversation I had um, might have been, yeah, it was off air actually, it's for somebody I'm going to come on who's going to talk about victim blaming, um, and actually the conversation that we were having is that these websites, were in, in we're supposed to be putting um, age verification in place for the, the pornography, try again, for the pornography sites. And I think what will happen, and I, I've said it time and time again, is the pornography industry is a business. All they will do is change their name or change the server or change where they where they host. And, and then what it means is that service then becomes accessible without the age verification steps. And, and this is what people will do. The pornography industry is a big, big business. And, and it's a business that makes a lot of money. And um, and I think this is um, the bit that I want to really get over for this podcast, is that parents don't understand, mostly, that this business is interested in recruiting children because they have malleable um, neuroplastic brains and between the ages of 12 and 25, the way that they seek novelty and seek stimulation of, of physical as well as sexual kinds of yeah. um, interest is through something like pornography. And the pornography industry could almost say, this is our age range to recruit from. And that's what that's what they're interested in. You know, we're not... Uh, it's a huge radix, that's what they want. Yeah. You know, and... and they, they target children through all kinds of things. You know, I've seen, um, you know, like games, um, you know, kind of just like games for kids. And then I've seen um, adult games further down in, in small text with an actual link, a direct link to porn game, you know, pornography-based yeah. games. And this is how they're getting them, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's absolutely frightening. It really is because we know there's also there's been an increase on child on child sex offences and that will escalate. That will yeah. escalate. Yeah. Well, that that's that's kind of the remit of um, essentially my uh, child therapy, the child trauma therapy practice, is children who have Googled something and they, uh, for example, the porn again the porn industry is very clever at using words that will appear in everyday language in schools. So they'll use, to, and, and this is what I explain to parents, is terminology like cougar or Prince Albert will have pictures, obviously, of Prince Albert and then sexual pictures, but then it will also link to something else that the child can then click. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from, um, like, hentai. Um, mm. And, I mean, they've got Minecraft porn. I mean, on Pornhub, there is Minecraft porn. Yes, yep. Um, and a lot of hentai, and a lot of a lot of um, young teens are interested in hentai, so they get involved with hentai on whatever platform they use, and that can lead them into the onto the um, hentai pornography. Yeah. Um, that's on on Pornhub, yeah. which can then lead you because I I I have researched that 
into um, what they did, computer-generated imagery, um, yes. which is very realistic, very um, yes. uh, terrific of, of actual, you know, child abuse imagery. Yes. And it's horrendous. I can't believe it's there. It's yeah. horrendous. Yeah. Just in case listeners are wondering, hentai is almost cartoon. It's like the Japanese form of uh, cartoon drawings, isn't it? And then also uh, like manga. Um, yeah. But also there is um, there's cartoon pornography out there. So Family Guy pornography, The Simpsons pornography. Um, yeah. and, and that's actually how, how some of the, the children who, um, not recent ones, but children who had been in my practice, that's how they ended up on the pornography site in the first instance. They were looking at something on YouTube, they saw a cartoon, they Googled yeah. in something to do with a cartoon and up popped uh, a Simpsons pornography scene. They clicked on that and then they were onto Pornhub. And it well, was I mean, 10 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, if you look at, say, The Simpsons, um, and I used to watch, I mean, my children used to watch The Simpsons, and every now and again you would get, you know, like Bart with a porn mag. You know, it's, it's very subtle, but it's there. If you look in, in many of the cartoons, um, you know, it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the, like you said, the, the porn industry want the next generations of addicts you know, that's how they make their money. And this is a free drug. This is free. <laughs> you know, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. And that's what's scary. Really scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, ter in terms of um, the potentiality for this business to increase, and um, I think that the term... Uh, so, so Gary did actually email me the other day with another piece of research about escalation because I was talking to him about... Um, which I may not bring to, to this, I might talk to you off air about it, about the next level at, uh, at which some um, ladies have been degraded and, and the new kind of pornography, which has been around for a couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. And we're, we're actually getting into realms where we're taking people to um, almost death death's doorstep for the hit of um, a, a thrill or a thrilling scene. You know, and it's it's... It's kind of like, okay, so where do we go next? So we, we've almost got, um, not almost, I will try that one again. We've got the, the pornography with the misogynistic um, abuse of women. We've got pornography with animals. We've got pornography with the, the abuse of women with animals and, and just kind of some of the videos that I've been told about. Um, make, me, make me kind of just think, okay, who actually thought about that? And then we've got the, the kind of pornography with uh, dead bodies, necrophilia. And I know that there's a lot of children who have seen that. So we're, we're looking at an industry that will literally do anything to provide yeah. a video in order for somebody who will have, who will have the curiosity and the, the penchant for that particular kind of kick. Uh, yeah. And this is what you, you're absolutely right. It is the freest drug on the planet and it's the one that's most abused and misused. I think it's also yeah, absolutely, and I think it's um, I think it's 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 making also earlier sex offending because sex offenders. I'm, I mean, there's a whole array of sex offending, you know, <laughs> from from you know uh, frotterism to right to the other end of of serial rapists and and sexually motivated murders. Mm -hmm. um, but most and most of these. In history, didn't begin until they were in their late teens yeah. to affect yeah. with 
those who are predisposed to sexual offending, um, it, it's getting them younger. They're starting younger. Mm-hmm. If you think, because most when I when I've researched uh, many rapes, and I, I've actually um, I've got over sixty um, sexually motivated murderers who had a high porn um, use. Um, in connection with those murders Um, and it's not easy to research believe me because quite often um, you can't find it in court in you know court statements or or in the media that pornography was you know an essential part of that because the thing is with rapists and all sexual offenders um, what their primary motivation is fantasy that is their primary motivation. I mean, and even John Warboys, he, um, he, he, um, he made pornographic films. He starred in pornographic films. Um, and I believe that, and in my own experiences, uh, um, sex, offending, sex offenders are motivated by fantasy. So if they've got the fantasy of pornography, in whatever particular... Thing, you know, whether it's, for example, if they're into strangulation, you can go onto Pornhub, not not the dark web, yep. go onto yep. Pornhub, and you can watch women being strangled, yep. either mentally with the hands or with with ropes, and also hanging. There, there are women, yeah. and there's one in particular, there was a homemade video, like a mobile, you know, you could tell it was, it was filmed on a mobile, yeah. a woman on a stool with a, a, a noose attached to the ceiling, and the guy, there was a string, she was standing on a chair with a string attached, and the guy who was with her pulled the string, and down she went. And then he kept he kept grabbing her and putting her back on the chair. Now I could see this was not consensual. She was not happy. Her everything, her body language, her mannerism. Because when I analyze porn, I look at all the other different things. I'm not there to masturbate. I'm there to analyze. And um, it, it and he kept doing it several times. He kept doing it. I'm like the so what you've got you've got sex offenders whose fantasy says about strangulation or hanging, yeah. and and imagine what it's doing to their minds and their and yes. their fantasies. Yeah. But what happens? They get to the points where they cross the line because it's not doing it's not doing it for them anymore. They are they are desensitized. They are psychologically actually flaccid. It comes to that point. So what many so what they do is cross the line, um, and so they go out into they take it into the, into real life, and they may start small, but it, that escalates in itself. The, the, yeah, they may start yeah. They test what they do is they test the waters and they will say expose themselves. A to get confident and B because they're getting off on that fear from yeah. the woman. Yeah. And they escalate within their, their time. And that's what happens. And this is warning if children, uh, well, teens, um, who are predisposed to sex offending, and there's a lot of sex offenders in the world. I'm sorry, but there is. There's a lot of male yeah. sex offenders. Um, you only have to look, I mean, look at rates of statistics of sex offending. And now that, um, you know, 
in public, sex offences that take place in public all the time to women. Um, so they are they are starting. I noticed that they are starting earlier because they've got to the they've got to the point where they're completely desensitised by pornography. See. So they're taking it one step further to real life. Yeah. Yeah, I was as as you were talking, Suzanne. Um, that what actually popped in my head has got nothing to do with pornography, but it was to do with um, there are there are people who will um, actually hang dogs for. So obviously it's not this country, but they will hang dogs until they're nearly dead, and then kind of let them breed for a bit again and hang them again before they actually kill them to eat them because it increases the adrenaline, which apparently makes the meat mm -hmm. taste better. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking, actually, for this woman that you were describing, her trauma response was literally one trauma on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. And I think when, when you're describing the analysing, that's what you're actually looking at, is the trauma responses that people are having. And Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's horrible what you said, but funny enough, there are actually uh, been um, murderers who have done that, that yes. has, Partially strangled, and the woman has passed out. Um, and then she's come to again. It keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. It's but that, that's what they're doing in the You know, they're nickel, it's choking out, and, yeah. you know, other, other, you know, more palatable terms. It's like BDSM, and based on sadism. Yeah. You know, um, and they've just changed the language now, like like um, blood play. You know, blood play. Um, <laughs> somebody or or whipping them to lacerations for then it's blood play or electro play or hand play. It's yeah. all play. Yeah. See, they're changing the language. Um, and it it it's it's absolutely frightening where this yeah. is going. I, and I will, I'm going to echo what I said the other week, and I think um, Fifty Shades of Grey has got a lot to answer for in terms of changing some of the language about an abusive relationship to make it sound like it was, um, in inverted commas, sexy or, uh, yeah, romantic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, I've, noti I've noticed the time, and as I said to you, we, we would end up going over 25 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, because this is what happens. Um, so I'm just thinking, um, is there anything else you would like to be in this podcast? Obviously, I'm going to put the bits that we've talked about on email into the show notes, and people can obviously yeah. access that. They can get access to your website. Um, is there anything you'd like uh, to be in this podcast now, or anything you'd like viewers, listeners to, to, to know? Um, I think I would like listeners to find out exactly what is happening in pornography. It's not sex. It's not sexy. Um, to, uh, or visit my blog site. They don't have to look at real, watch real pornography. They can go to my site and they can see examples, evidence of what is happening in mainstream pornography. And interestingly, I'm actually researching at the moment. I'm doing a comparison of um, hetero, hetero um, pornography and gay pornography. Yeah. Because what I've seen so far, there is a massive difference. It shocked me, absolutely shocked me, because I'm not seeing that hatred, that um, abuse, that level of abuse and degradation and humiliation. Mm -hmm. uh, so that will be really interesting. Um, but 
yeah, they, they need to know what's really happening and, and not just be throwing, you know, this word anti-sex and all this rubbish around. It's not about sex anymore. It, it's not, and they should have a look. Um, and also, we need we need to educate children. That is massive. Yes. That is yeah. what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to be bringing um, Holly back on at some point because, we, you know, we've had lots and lots of conversations offline, uh, off-air, off should I say. And I think what, what will happen, actually, is there's, um, I think some of my research I'm going to be talking to you about and, and vice versa because I think there's, there's just so much more that needs to be about the education of this for, for parents as well as children. I think this is a, there, there's a big gap at the moment and it's being exploited by the, these businesses. Yeah. Absolutely. You get you get people trying to do their own you and oh it's up to the parents. It's not. Yeah. I my in my time, my parents well, my mother and many, many stepfathers, porn was everywhere. And you know, they do, a lot of parents mm. don't care or show up porn. Show them pornography. It's not up to the parents. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we yeah. can talk from. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Right. So, as as I always say, um, or not, I always say, I always forget to say. Um. So after you've listened to this podcast, please, please share it around. Um. Other parents, professionals, people who really need this education, because this is this is a really really important topic, and it's having an impact on how society is currently changing. Um, and has been changing over the last 10, 20 years because, you know, we've got access to the internet. I think this is another one of those really, really important episodes that, that needs to be shared. And obviously, uh, if you can, if you rate it, subscribe it, it then makes it identifiable on iTunes for other people. Um, so please leave a review. Um, say what you need to. Um, uh, I'm expecting that we're going to get some comments back off this one, Suzanne, but that's to be expected as well, you know. Um, and... Hopefully, I'll have you back on again, and we'll do another, another, um, another level of this conversation because I think yeah. we've only just started. Um, so, thank, thank you very much you. for your time, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>